This is IFS Talks, an audio series to deepen connection with the internal family systems model through conversations with lead trainers, authors, practitioners, and users. Today on IFS Talks, we are speaking with and welcoming Lisa Spiegel. Lisa Spiegel received her BA from Vassar College and has a master's degree in developmental psychology from Columbia University. From her more than three decades of working with adults and children, she has developed an approach that draws from an eclectic array of disciplines, talk therapy, yoga, mindfulness, and parent coaching. Lisa is a certified internal family systems therapist, life force yoga practitioner, and couples counselor from the Relational Life Institute. In addition to her clinical work, she founded and maintains Soho Parenting's New Orleans Project, and is also a published author. Lisa, thank you for speaking with us today on IFS Talks. Thank you, Lisa, for having us. How is it for you, Lisa, to hear this bio? What parts come up? (laughs) (laughs) Um, What parts come up? Well, I I have to say I feel feel proud. I have one part that feels proud. Um, And... um, you know, I have another part that, that thinks it's funny to summarize somebody in a paragraph. That is. Um, so I guess those are the two those are the two main parts that come up when I hear that. There's a lot more we could say, I think. Right. It's it's accurate, that's for sure. It's not it's not fake news. It's accurate. Would you be willing to share with us um, some of your background? What brought you into the mental health field to begin with? Sure. Um, I actually started to become interested in psychology in high school. I'm one of those people that kind of knew what they wanted to do at a very young age and kind of just went down that path. I know many people don't do that. but um, So I became interested in psychology in, in high school um, from a psychology class that I took. And when I went to college, and I always loved children, I always just always had like, um, I don't know, they just always interested me and delighted me. So I was a camp counselor and, you know, in summers in college, I worked at a camp for kids with special needs. So, you know, so I was collecting experiences like that in college. I majored in psychology, but I also, um, my Vassar college had a, um, a nursery school on campus. And so you could, for coursework, you could work in the, in the nursery school, be, become a teacher, and study developmental psychology at the same time. So your coursework could be connected to this clinical work of actually being in the classroom. Um, and so this was just perfect. This was like heaven for me. And when I was a senior, I taught the first toddler, toddler program that they had at Vassar College. I really always loved uh, toddlers. So you you knew you knew from the beginning that you knew from the beginning that your life would be with kids around exactly um, and that then I so then I graduated college and I got a, a master's degree in developmental psychology so and I worked on like learning language development and you know it was a nice time in developmental psychology yeah, in the late eighties because there was a lot of work on mm-hmm. attachment happening and understanding mm-hmm. using the strange situation to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, parent-child relationships. Mary, Mary Ainsworth. Ainsworth, exactly. That's mm-hmm. exactly what was going on then. So it was a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, after I got my 
master's, I, I was sort of at a choice point, like, do I continue on to go to school or do I have a baby? Oh, wow. And I chose what a choice. <laughs> um, and I actually just became a grandmother three oh, weeks ago. Congratulations. Uh, with that, that daughter's first child. Little so, boy or yeah. girl? So yeah. a, a little boy. I have a grandson. Oh, lucky. Yeah, lucky so, you. Lucky you. Yeah. Oh, my God. It gives me hope. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So at that time, I had been, um, I actually had been working at Bellevue Hospital with um, a colleague named Jean Coonhart. We both just coincidentally had babies right around the same time and left the work at Bellevue because it was a very intense time at Bellevue also in the late 80s. And we were home with our Mm -hmm. kids and we decided, we had been running adolescent parent groups um, at Bellevue and we decided to start to run our own mother's groups. for kind of, I guess now you would say middle class or, mm-hmm. you know, people, people. like mm-hmm. ourselves. And um, so we ran our first two groups in my living room. Wow. <laughs> and they were always a combination of like understanding the development of the baby, but also tapping into the understanding of the, the sort of revolution inside becoming a parent yourself. So they were always sort of psychological and educational at the same time. So much of counseling parents, right? Yeah. So they were new mothers with their babies that were coming to these eight-week groups. And we were always balancing out, you know, being able to do a lot of like hands-on and concrete things, but also helping women to sort of get the psychological support they needed Mm -hmm. at this delicate time. And then what happened was we we ended up hooking up with a pediatric practice down in Soho and starting, we, we basically said, we think we can run a parenting center for you. And they said, great, here's our client list. Yeah. And that was 32 years ago. 32 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just started the practice in that way, doing mother-infant groups, mother-toddler groups. And then we started to do individual counseling and working with children on our own. So the practice just grew over the years and just deepened our work. And at that same time, we kept doing other trainings like EMDR, um, relate, you know, uh, couples counseling. We just kept training and learning and getting supervision as we were practicing. Mm-hmm. And then in 2010, that's when I went to my first IFS conference and met Dick. But let me say that uh, I'm honored to know that you have been doing such an important work around parents and mothers is so, mm. so important, isn't it? To be it, it is so rich and wonderful and gratifying. And now, because our practice is so old, basically, mm-hmm. we, we know families for, you know, we know many families where their kids are in college and they will still come to us for psychotherapy for couples counseling for some of their kids now are coming and they want to do, you know, they're having anxiety in college. Mm-hmm. They, they want to do some work. So we've been like this long-term family practice. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just been an incredibly rich. Mm-hmm. You must feel proud of all this work, I believe. Yeah, I do. I do feel proud. I do feel proud. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to be able to kind of merge your, you know, your sort of intellectual and uh, I would say spiritual passion and make a living and, you know, mm-hmm. ha- have all of that work together. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's very, I feel very lucky is what I feel. It's in- incredibly lucky. And also courageous and also because you, you need it because parents can be 
sweet but also challenging in many ways. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, look, so many of, you know, like all of us have had our traumas growing mm-hmm. up. And so when we take on that big job of taking care of children, it's, it's incredibly provocative. It and mm-hmm. so it's been really wonderful to use different modalities to help families, um, mm-hmm. you know, just manage being a family, which is, you know, is really challenging. Yeah. And that, that's one thing we've always prided ourselves on is like being a place of reality. We can be real. Mm-hmm. Women can talk about any kind of feeling that they're having, no matter how dark or yes. hateful or ecstatic and joyous, it's all welcome. It really, you know, it's funny as I'm saying this right now, I'm thinking like soho parenting is a place and has been a place where I think our fundamental philosophy has been all parts are welcome. Okay. I, I've never really thought about that before <laughs> in this moment, but there it is. So I was destined to meet Dick and become an IFS therapist, I guess. This is IFS Talks, an audio series to deepen connection with the internal family systems model through conversations with lead trainers, authors, practitioners, and users. Your instruments, your toolbox at that time was mainly developmental psychology, attachment theory. EMDR was a, a really important thing that I studied, which was back in like 2000. But it was useful too. Um, EMDR was incredibly, incredibly useful. It was, it was when the first, the beginning of like mm-hmm. the burgeoning of the idea that talk was not everything okay that that just talking um directly from more of the cerebral headspace with a therapist was was not really helping pick people quickly enough it's not that it doesn't help it's deeply helpful not quickly enough but not quickly enough and so when i studied emdr and i started to um learn about kind of like this embodied you know really bringing the body into the picture and also learning this different way of processing memory, it really expanded my thinking about psychotherapy. But you were doing you're doing MDR with parents and 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 kids and kids also. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I did a lot of EMDR with kids after 9/11. Actually, okay. you know, because I'm in downtown Manhattan, my clientele okay. are are right in the neighborhood of you know they're very deeply affected by 9/11. So it was a great time to have EMDR to help people kind of process the trauma of of 9-11 and work with children and help them Mm -hmm. through it. So EMDR, but just also psychoanalytically minded talk therapy. One of my very important teachers and supervisors was a woman named Ani Bergman, who wrote Mm -hmm. the psychological birth of the infant with Mahler. And so I was always getting, I was always, I was doing it a little bit unconventionally. I always just went to supervisors and said, I love your work. Would you, would you supervise me? Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess I always had this motto of like, go right to the top, just go right to the top. So I, you know, I was scared, but I did call Annie Bergman and say, would you work with me? And so she would supervise me for years and really deepened my practice of of child therapy. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was very lucky to have a lot of great training um, as my practice was growing and I was, you know, sort of expanding, I think my, my, as I think we all in the field, we're starting to really start to expand. And you were feeling, you were feeling well fundamented by these, all these good theories on attachment and developmental theories. So you had the tools. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. I, I felt like I, and I, you know, and again, I, you know, I had a business partner and we were uh, very supportive to one another. You know, I think it would have been harder to be a solo practitioner and have the kind of career that I had. I think having a, a partner kind of in crime, you know, um, was extremely helpful because also we were raising our families and being parents and, and being with our children a lot was a very high priority for us. So what a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, we, we had this out, we had this sort of internal balance system in which we could, we could really rely on each other to remind mm-hmm. ourselves that we had a long life to work. Yeah. So it was, yeah, I felt I was very well supported. And then you came across with IFS. Yeah. So then I went to the Cape Cod Institute, uh, which is a summer program where you learn in the morning, but then you're in Cape Cod, Massachusetts in the summer. It's beautiful. You know, it's beautiful. And so you learn in the morning and then you can go to the beach in the afternoons. Perfect. Perfect way of learning. <laughs> That's why you registered. <laughs> exactly. I thought, you know, because it's hard when you do trainings, you're inside so much yeah, and tiring, you know, it yeah. can feel a little overwhelming. So the Cape Cod Institute, we started to hear about Dick a little bit. And um, so we said, let's, let's, go, let's go do this uh, week-long training. Was there anything that appealed to you particularly besides the, besides the beach? Oh, God, yes. I really wanted to. Um, that was just a perk. But what I really had, you know, I had started to read internal, you know, I had read Internal Family Systems by Dick. And it was, you know, to me, it just made so much, you know, just made like imminent sense. It's like, oh, my God, this makes this, this is me or this is us. This This is is how we work, Mm -hmm. you know. And so that seemed like a great way to dip in and get this, you know, concentrated time with him and hear him lecture and work in small groups. And so it just turned out to be like everything, you know, I could have ever wanted. I mean, he, it was, the demos were so incredible. And um, my small group experience was also really incredible. You were having a formal training, a formal level one? Um, No. It's not, not level mm-hmm. one yeah. yet. So this was my first yeah. thing was Dick lectures in the morning and then did some demos. Yes. So he's really, it's an introduction to I, he, he may still do. The I think he does. Yeah. It's a wonderful way yeah. to, yeah, it's a wonderful yeah, way to great. start. So <clears throat> what happened was he, he lectures, he does demos. And then we, he, the group, which is probably like maybe 150 gets broken up into, you know, small groups. And then like a PA, kind of mm-hmm. person works with us in small groups and helps us learn in this little group setting, how to speak for parts, <laughs> how to recognize parts. And my group was a very mm-hmm. special group. You know, I was, I mean, <laughs> in that group, I was a very normal group, a normal person, but there was a, you know, a man who had, you know, kind of unmedicated schizophrenia who was there wow. at mm-hmm. the, and it was a Vietnam vet. Wow. So poignant. There were a couple of women who had uh, become Orthodox Jewish, who had not grown up as Jewish, but had become Orthodox. So it was like really complicated group of, it wasn't just your run-of-the-mill like bunch of New York City therapists, you know? Of course. And the trainer, Joanne Gaffney, who was our PA, I I just, I never saw somebody do group work like she did. She, She helped each and every one of us at whatever level we were at, 
as provoked or triggered as parts got as, you know, we mm-hmm. had a very mm-hmm. provocative group member mm-hmm. who was mm-hmm. very upset. A around the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I just was like, literally my mouth was just like hanging open. Wow. Like, it was. Wow. And I just said to her, can you do an individual session with me over this week? And she mm-hmm. said, yes. Wow. What a start. And so I just, I felt like I just really wanted to have my own IFS session to see what it was like. And it was so powerful. And so I decided at that point, I just want to do the therapy. The next thing I'm going to do is just go into therapy myself, into IFS therapy. And Joanne, who lives in Cape Cod, actually does phone work. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I just said, I just knew she was like the cream of the crop, you know? And so I just started weekly psychotherapy with her and I, I learned so much from her and it was profound, a therapeutic experience for me and anything I ever do with any client, I have done it myself deeply. I just, that is like my rule. What a good start. It's a great rule. Yeah. It should be a requirement. It should. Yeah. It should be a requirement. Um, so Joanne was just, she's masterful. I mean, I just, I just, I love her. And so as I was doing the therapy, then it, when it was time to do level one. And so then I did the, um, the retreat style level one, which is two, two different weeks where you go. Yeah. I, I, I learned best that way, kind of immersion. Mm-hmm. And also, again, it was just another, um, great experience of learning uh in this in this level one and i met so many people that i really enjoyed and we did so much work on ourselves as a, 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 in conjunction with learning and i really started to feel like i i, I belong I'm getting, i like mm-hmm. yeah. i belong to this community <laughs> and then I, I do and then i read jay early's book self therapy okay um mm-hmm. do you do you guys know that book yeah, yeah. of course yeah. sure so I loved self-therapy because it was so concrete and tangible and like, you know, a manual basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, my next stop on the supervision tour was Jay. (laughs) It was like, let's email Jay and see if he can do a group with us. And so we started a little supervision group with Jay, which was fabulous. Um, And then I did a lot of individual supervision with Jay as I started to realize that I was definitely going to go for my certification. So I continued to work with Jay periodically. Um, I also worked with Pam Krauss. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who was my level one trainer and did a supervision. Oh, group. she did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was my level one trainer, mm-hmm. which was so great because she's, you know, not that you learn about doing the child work in level one, but no. I knew she was a child therapist. Yes. So yeah, she's skilled as well. Exactly. So I did did another supervision group with her. And so then I was just moving along doing level one, level two, level three with Dick, which was great. And then I, you know, I was just all in. I mean, I was just, I was just massively all in. This was 19 years ago? No. Um, I started in 2010, so nine, nine years, years ago. ago. So in the last nine years, I went from the Cape Cod Institute to wow. writing the book. So for you also, as for me and for me, it's, it's like that there is a before and an after IFS. It's, totally. It was for you also a stepping stone. It, it yeah. empowered and changed you personally, but also in your clinical work. Completely. Just the, my whole worldview was like, it's how I look at everything now. And it's so helpful because it really, particularly in these times where, you know, there's so much divisiveness and 
you know, I, I mean, you know, Tisha, it's, it's tough times here and, and it's very tough and there's so much antipathy. It's so helpful to have the IFS lens to, to think about people uh-huh. having parts uh-huh. is just, and to be able to try to tap into compassion when it feels like uh-huh. communication uh-huh. can't happen. So it's just, it's, it's influenced every part of my life. You know, so I'm so grateful to to Dick and to all of the people that have supported Dick to, you know, make it all come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is IFS Talks, an audio series to deepen connections with the internal family systems model. But it also changed and qualified your clinical work in many ways. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I began doing it first with the my adult clients oh okay Mm -hmm. you know that's really what the training was about it was work with adults yeah you felt more acquainted to exactly so that's really where i started was doing the adult work which just you know so many of my clients had this sense of like oh right it's i'm not crazy because i talk to myself i just have different parts that say different things and Mm -hmm. and all are very welcome like and all have a good intention exactly they have a good intention there's more self-love there's more acceptance and and also a lot of, I think, really dramatic healing in people, like people really feeling better, more grounded, op- more open in their relationships. You know, I just felt like I saw, you know, like you said in the beginning, yeah. Tisha, you, 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 you still have to be invested in the results. You're not going to stick with something if you don't really feel like it's helping people. Mm-hmm. So it was you know, tremendously, I just felt like my clients were really taking to it. I was really getting more and more comfortable feeling like I can do this, Okay. you know, and I don't have to do it perfectly, but I can... Not so much um, threatened by the results. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then I started to do, to, to, to bring it in with my child mm-hmm. clients because I've been a child therapist all these years. Yes. Um, and I love play therapy. Yes. And so I just started um, introducing parts and seeing their play as, as parts. And so IFS informed in many ways all that you knew until then. It was easy for you to integrate IFS with all that you were doing as a psychologist for children, yeah, the developmental perspective, the attachment perspective, it was easy to exactly blend with it. It was, it was really, I, I felt like, and I still do because I feel like it's so loving and it's so about like, you know, the qualities of self are so can be so evident mm. in children. Okay, yeah. it just taps right into the. The curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the sort of exploration, the, the playfulness, the loving nature, you know, they just haven't had all the decades yet of all mm-hmm. the conditioning that we've all had. <clears throat> and so it just seemed, and I think IFS in itself is so playful mm-hmm. and creative mm-hmm. in so many ways. So really taps into the imagination. Mm-hmm. And so I started, you know, saying like, oh, so yeah, that part that's having the, I, I, I heard you're having a hard time saying goodbye to mom when you, when she leaves you at school mm-hmm. in the morning, like, I wonder if we could draw that part, you know? So I started to just bring in mm-hmm. the art and material. At the time you already knew a bit of uh, 
um, crowds work with children? Um, yeah, I, 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 I had, I mean, I have to say I was experiment. I mean, I felt confident in that I'd been seeing kids for 30 years. Like of I, course, I felt, you know a lot. and I had yeah. been doing it, but, but absolutely after, after I started to do that, I actually, that's when we did a supervision group with Pam on, on some clinical cases, mm-hmm. which was really mm-hmm. helpful. Um, so I just started to introduce the model basically to kids in different ways using, I have this big table of rice and beans. It's like a sand table, mm-hmm. but it's, it's very yummy tactile mm-hmm. way to play with kids. And I have all kinds of figures and, and I just started to see their play more through the IFS lens as not that they were showing, um, say they're mo- representing like okay. a mom or a dad or a sibling with say the different figures, but I started to look at it more as internal the internal family system. I would say that was the biggest shift yeah. mm-hmm. in terms of doing play therapy with children rather than thinking like, Oh, so is that dinosaur mm-hmm. showing up as externalization mm-hmm. of the father? I started to sort of move into seeing it as a part of the child. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did that allow you to be more in self and less in analytical mind as well? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, it was less starting trying to sort of figure things out um, mm-hmm. and more um, and, and just more understanding, I think, the idea of like we all contain so many polarities, you know, polarities and protections. And, and so I feel like it was, it worked well. I'm not saying that kids never represent a, another person in their life with a, a doll or a figure or a clay. I, you know, I feel like we can make room for all of it. But I felt like I, I was helping kids um, better their relationships with themselves first. And that was then affecting the relationships with their parents. And as well, I felt like in my parent guidance work, which we do a lot of, Mm -hmm. um, presenting the idea that these are your child's parts, that they're not their whole self, that they're just an aspect of them, Um, you know, an aggressive part or a whiny part or, you know, a resistant part or, you know, a clingy part. It really informed the parent guidance work in a way that was, I felt, the best parent guidance work I have done wow. was IFS wow. formed mm-hmm. parent guidance work because I think to be able to sort of, of say, mm-hmm. so think about it as a little part, like when you lose your patience with so-and-so and you feel like you, you, know, you, you raise your voice or you grab an arm or you do something, that's not all of you. That was an outraged you know, really reactive part of you. So not only did it help them understand and have more compassion for what was going on in their children's behavior, but I also themselves for themselves. Exactly. Right. Which is so hard as a parent. Exactly. So, so, so hard. Yeah, absolutely. So IFS somehow um, was an inspiration and fooled again. What's the journey you just sharing with us? Fooled again your clinical life uh, with uh, parents and children. And I'm just curious about how much more difficult is it for you to work with parents and with children? Can you differentiate? Would you, would you differentiate hmm. between um, parents are more resistant to the parts language or to identifying parts in them? Hmm. That's a really interesting question. I'm 
say it's kind of a smorgasbord with both. Okay. You know, I, I think that parents and children, you need to find a, the right language with each child or each parent. Of course, different. Sometimes the parts language, you know, the sort of like the, the, the really kind of classical parts language mm-hmm. doesn't work. But if you talk about it as aspect or sense of or... You know, um, or with kids, if I, some, some kids are great, you know, close their eyes, it'll go oh, inside. Wow. But some kids are like, I don't like this part stuff. And so I just lay off the language mm-hmm. and I use the lens, you know? So I feel like it's the same with parents and kids. It's kind of like figuring out how to use IFS, the IFS lens, and you are doing IFS work, but you may, it may not look exactly like the protocol. Of course. Yes. Um, and so I felt like I felt like I've had both success and resistance from both parents and kids is what I would say. And it sounds like you've found really good ways to navigate that by being flexible and you know I adapting using IFS in m- the many ways you can. I think that's what's so wonderful about IFS is that it's so adaptable, actually. But but you have to know to how to adapt. Uh, somehow yeah no for sure <laughs> but i think once you yes. <laughs> i mean i've done my work i've done you my did. training and you know and i continue to you know because you always feel like i i'm always kind of amazed like wow that's an amazing party trick they went inside and they found a part i still to this day yeah. feel amazed you just said that that with parents who you have to know not to bump everyone with the protocol meaning um Totally. You have to adapt. You have to be careful and adapt. And what I've also felt like is really helpful with kids and parents is to talk about my own parts. Like I felt, I feel like the time and place of saying, well, oh, as a parent, I totally, oh my God, I, I, you know, I was a, you know, whatever I would do the litany or I had that part that would say the same thing over and over to my kids or I, you know, what that also I think is incredibly, you know, again, the, the careful use of self mm-hmm. and self-disclosure mm-hmm. um, I think is really helpful in, in establishing trust with clients. And, and as I said in the beginning, cause I've done it, mm-hmm. I'm so open about, Oh, I've done the, you know, I, I still do the I, IFS therapy. I, I freely say, you know, I'm still working on this part or that mm-hmm. part and I'm, you know, learning about critics or whatever. So I feel like I do share, you know, not in detail, obviously not in a way that burdens the client, but I think I do feel like people sort of like their shoulders relax when you sort of say, or to even to a little kid, oh, I have a part that always wants to win, you know, and I get so competitive, mm-hmm. you know. So in that way where you you find the language and then you, with a healthy little side dish mm-hmm. of, self-disclosure about your own parts, I think is a really good way. I I just think parents, they seem like it soothes them in some kind of way. This is IFS Talks, an audio series to deepen connections with the internal family systems model. You are one of the rare persons that keep doing this work with parents and children because uh, it's so common that we find people that are uh, seeing um, children and, and families and parents and they give up because they cannot cope anymore with parents. Yeah. Parents are, you know, it, it's, it's, 
it's really brave, you mm-hmm. know, for parents to bring their kids into therapy. I mean, I always have like a very, you know, sort of yeah, like I, I bow to parents mm-hmm. that have the bravery mm-hmm. to do it. It's it very, it's scary. And it's, um, it's, it's a real leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, of course I have had experiences in which I felt like it's been a really difficult relationship mm-hmm. with the parent. And so I've either just, you know, where I, you know, where the, they've taken the kid out of therapy. Of course, we've all lost, you know, clients in that way. Um, or where I've realized there's only so much these parents want to do, but they're happy to let me see their kid once a week. And so again, that idea that I am working on the child's relationship, internal relationships inside themselves, they may be in an, in a, in a situation that their parents, because of their parts are limited in terms of certain ways of really attuning to their kids but if I know that I'm also building the child's relationship to their own parts, there's some kind of, um, it's, it's easier okay. for me as a child therapist to not just feel like if I can't, if I can't shift the relationship between in the family enough that it's kind of like, you know, it's not so worth it or mm-hmm. something. I feel like, with IFS, there's always something growing mm-hmm. and changing and really helpful. And maybe it is helping a kid know enough about their own parts to be able to be like, you know, that's the part that wants to roll their eyeballs at their mom or feels hurt by their dad when they, you know, and, and that we can, and that also I can be very generous to their parents yeah. because mm-hmm. I can always talk about their parents yes. have parts mm-hmm. too. So again, it's, it's back to Dick, you know, this, this model it's so it's very generous it to the human mm. being. <laughs> I hear so much confidence in your your description of your work. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. Well, thank you. Lisa, we can see models that um, privilege the work with parents and we can see schools that give privilege to more work with the children. And I'm curious if you in your nowadays if you enjoy more to work if if you differentiate you enjoy you still enjoy doing work with children. You also do some work with couples. I understood that you also do some work for... Yeah, doing less, less. you know, I, I, I have been able, I'm lucky enough to be able to sort of go in the direction that I, that I feel like I'm the most useful and also that the work feels enjoyable. And I, I've been less, I mean, one of the things, if I weren't, at, if I were younger, let's say, <laughs> And I didn't just have a grandchild yes. who I really want to spend a lot of yes, time with. I probably would go do like Tony's IFS couples work, yeah. but, but I, I, I'm not going to do that right now probably. Okay. And um, so I feel like I've backed away yeah. from, from mm-hmm. doing couples work as much. And I really do the parent guidance. I do in the individual psychotherapy with adults and kids. And I do a lot of workshops in schools and, um, I run some ongoing mothers groups. So I have a very eclectic, it's, you know, I'm really lucky. It's again, it's like, I get to do a lot of things. So it feels creative. Um, I really like doing workshops at preschools and talking about parts. Um, You know, that's something that I've worked with a lot of preschools for, you know, over a decade. Bringing um, and the teachers mm-hmm. come to often, mm-hmm. it's mostly parents, but it's some administrators. And in mm-hmm. some schools, they really encourage the teachers to come. And so, again, IFS has sort of changed the way I speak about things. So 
you know, the, the way I do a workshop on sleep or on discipline or on toileting or on sibling rivalry, everything is informed by parts work now. So, you know, and, and self-leadership. I often talk about parents and leadership. You know, when I talk about empowering parents to set limits with their kids, I talk about like, what's a good leader? So you can blend uh, uh, a CBT protocol and inform a CBT protocol for um, some child problem and inform it with IFS in a way? Yeah. I mean, the workshops I do are more along the, the lines of like parent guidance workshops for parents of preschoolers. So I've, you know, again, Soul Parenting has been doing this for decades in New York. So they love to have somebody come in and get our take on kids and sleep or just discipline or self-esteem. And they, the, the schools provide yep. these workshops mm -hmm. to their preschool. And so bringing in the IFS lens mm -hmm. to all my workshops that I did before I did IFS, but I think has really enriched the workshops that I give. Absolutely. You know, yeah. because again, it's, you know, when you talk about kids parts and parents parts, mm -hmm. it makes parents feel like they're not horrible if they, you know, have not set a lot of limits or have set too many, you know, whatever. I just think that the language of, of IFS in terms of parent guidance is incredibly loving helpful, <laughs> and helpful, you know, and, and the concept of self-leadership, you know, I talk a lot about, you know, I'll use the C's and the P's mm -hmm. and talk about, you know, the kinds of what you want to be as a leader. And I use those self-leadership qualities to talk about the aspirational <laughs> um, goals of parenthood as being the same as, as a leader of your family. And so I, I do talk about self-leadership a lot when I talk about um, being a leader in the family, that a parent... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm is a leader. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say it's not necessarily a CBT protocol, yeah. but it's like, um, like a more open-ended workshop on a topic in parenthood. Yes. I was going to ask you if um, you, you bring together parents and, and children, parents and, and daughters and sons, and, and work with them together and see and ask for the presence of parents during the work of children. Do you do that often? Yes. Um, I, I'm very fluid in the way that I see kids. Mm -hmm. I, I make it clear that um, they have a lot of options. They can come in with two parents or one parent. They can come in for many sessions by themselves. They can have half a session and then Wonderful. at some mm -hmm. point feel like they might want to go and get their mom who's out in the waiting room. And then what we often do is sort of describe some of the parts Good. work we've done mm -hmm. to the parent, Good. which is such a wonderful way where a kid will be like, well, this is my mad part. And I drew this and, mm -hmm. and, and then she'll go, Oh yeah. yeah. The mad. I'm like, right. He has a mad part that comes out when, and so it's almost like the child is also teaching their parent about their own parts. It's, yes. It's, wonderful. You know, it's very lovely. It's beautiful. This is IFS Talks, an audio series to deepen connections with the internal family systems model. And what about lizard adolescents? How much can you do that? You know, it's interesting. Adolescents, I, I have um, a number of, you know, uh, I, right now I have a lot of seniors in high school. 
would say in terms of the tough sell of, of IFS, I'd say adolescents are the toughest of the sell okay. mm-hmm. for me. I'm sure other people are like, yes. just know how to do it and are great at it. I find with adolescents, it's more um, direct access sometimes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's more sort of talk again, teaching them about okay. parts mm-hmm. rather than kids than my adolescents that I see. Although some, some will do it. And, mm-hmm. and I still use EMDR with adolescents too because somehow the technology of it appeals to them. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, again, with adolescents, it's a little bit more like I, IFS-informed work rather than the strict protocol. They became maybe more blended with intelligent parts and other parts and firefighters. I don't know. It's maybe... Yeah, I, I find it more... I'm, I'm sure there are other people that... And I'm, you know, I would love to like take a class on that or something. Cause I don't feel like that's my forte. Okay. Um, but I, I try, but you try. <laughs> so it's very difficult for you to bring parents into these sessions with adolescents. Um, well, I was actually just commenting on what, how easy or difficult it is for me to use IFS with adolescents. I find like the younger, my younger kids from like, say four to 11 are great at doing IFS in the protocol, mm-hmm. using mm-hmm. art, using painting, using drawing, making books about their parts. And, and at about 11 to 17, I find it's less, it's, it's more finding a way to, in, to teach them about IFS and use IFS sort of through the back door with the adolescents. I can meet with adolescents and their parents, okay. um, but I'm not, I'm not using I, I'm not using the IFS protocol in that same way where kids are teaching their parents about their parts. Okay. Does that make Absolutely. sense? Absolutely. Yes. One thing I wonder about working with kids is um, especially I'm curious about the the post 9/11 stuff. I know you did EMDR with that. But um, mm-hmm. when there's been sort of a recent or really active activated trauma, um, how do you apply using IFS to, um, you know, I know, you know, it's, it's, it seems like there's a good system for going back when the trauma has been in the past and rescuing, you know, kind of yeah. doing a redo, but when it's recent and it's with a child, do they have the ability to find self and to go back and, and do some of that healing like you would see with adults? Well, what, what's interesting is I feel like um, what's happening now is the is the climate is about climate change. Yeah. I feel like there is a daily ongoing trauma right. about climate change that kids are are learning about more and more. And this is this is their present and their future. Um, and um, I have to unblend from like a lot of my of course my own parts in doing mm-hmm. in doing that too because I'm also very you know distressed. What's help, what's helpful in IFS is just to is sort of to work with worried parts and soothing worried parts, not necessarily soothing them with like it's all gonna be okay, but soothing them in terms of feeling like I can hear how worried you are. I can I can comfort you by by being connected to you. I can't necessarily tell you that it's all gonna be okay or uh, unburden something from the past because that's just not where we're at. So it's more about comf- uh, it's more about presence. presence and 
connection and acknowledgement, acknowledgement and, yeah. and sometimes empowering protectors that are getting formed as we speak, um, you know, that are becoming active, you know, sort of little kid activist parts that I'm really noticing where kids are starting to become more socially aware, go to the climate march, write a letter to a congressperson, you know, like, you know, those are important protectors that we have, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, of course with children, like the, the most, the hardest thing is to feel like I have absolutely no control and I'm completely helpless and they're not, you know, they're not completely helpless and they, there are things they can do. And so kind of helping them to embrace their protectors that want to kind of fight back or do something or start a recycling project or write a paper on something like, helping them embrace their protectors too, hoping they won't have to get too extreme. Maybe they will, I don't know, but that's, that's how I'm working with kind of, that's the most current day, you know, the political climate, but I, you know, is hard, but I think that's harder for adults. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And in a way, you know, just at the beginning of responding to that question, you modeled embracing your own protector. I have parts around this. I'm, I'm distressed. Um, so that model, totally. I can see how that would be really, really beautiful to reflect to them. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's a, it's a, it's a complicated time, it you know, I, here, I know in other countries, people have been living in lots of complexity all along. And there are certainly in America, lots of people who have been living in deep complexity, but like, say for my population, that is, a more it's it skews white it skews more affluent mm-hmm. just because of where our office was mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just the, the the this sort of wealthy community kind of grew up around the downtown yeah. area mm-hmm. i have people who have had very you know they may have had personal trauma in their own families but they haven't had like cultural and societal trauma um but now everybody is feeling a little traumatized by by Current events. Current events, yes. Yeah. Lisa, have you ever thought of um, um, doing some uh, trainings, training your colleagues on on IFS? I mean, yeah, I actually am doing one right now. I started my first webinar. Wow. Um, It's a five session. um, It's a a five sessions of an hour and a half each. Wonderful. And um, the the participants are people in this particular one that are our child therapists, they have some training in IFS and they're stepping into trying to use IFS with their Mm -hmm. children clients. So it's great because we're kind of the book, you know, the book is very organized Mm -hmm. in, um, so we're, we're sort of following the major chapters in the book in, in a way, like externalizing parts or, understanding polarities. And so each week we're kind of diving into, um, you know, a section of, you know, I mean, sort of the way I organize the way I do IFS is in the book. So it's helpful (laughs) for me, but I also have some video that I have of kids who agree to have their sessions Mm -hmm. filmed. And I have lots of stills of everybody's like creations. And so I'm doing a zoom, a zoom webinar, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. like we're, you know, doing a zoom call Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just, I'm just doing my first one and I, I'm really enjoying it. I think I will, you know, it's something I would really like to continue doing. 
I was, I know I was so nervous to start it. Yeah. Of course, I was like, why did I take this on? But then I, everybody who knows me is like, you know what you're going to say after the first session. I'm like that was so great. Yes. Is that so? People know my parts too. Is it going to be available to the general public or people worldwide? Uh, can people find out yeah, about you? I, I, I don't know. I mean, um, you know, I did. I have the list. We posted it on the listservs that you know the metro mm-hmm. area, New York. New York listserv and a California listserv. I mean, what would be, I think IFS is growing so much. It it would be great to have a way to post things like that on the IFS website in some way so that wherever you are in the world, you can know what people are offering. Right now, at least here, it's kind of siloed into these geographical regions Mm -hmm. and you can post, you know, so I posted it in like three different listservs. Because I also But, believe that maybe you and Art Moan, I don't know oh, yeah. how, how much Art Moan is active right now, but he's, he has this wonderful book that you know. Wonderful. Yeah, I love his book. But you and him are maybe the ones that also with them, but you are the one that, that are doing yeah. this job for so long, so long. I just can imagine that we can learn a lot from your experience. Yeah, you know, I'd like to. I certainly look to Pam as, you know, the the lead. You know, I certainly think Pam is the one that if she, you know, she, she like her, I don't know, she knows a lot. And I thought her um, her unit in the IFS co- continuity circle mm-hmm. on working with kids yeah. was fabulous. Mm-hmm. So um, I was just sort of doing my own little thing, you know. Not um, so little. But I, it would be great if, if... The book is little, but it's good. The book, you know, I think that's what's... Un, one of the things that is good about the book is that it is little. It's really accessible. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I really wanted... Um, I just really wanted anybody to be able to read it. Yes. And to be able to get something out of it, whether it's a parent or an IFS therapist or someone who's just in their own therapy. You know, my adult IFS clients love it because they feel like, oh, I really get IFS now. Yes, you know? that was my question. Also, I, I wondered if yeah. this book was written for clinicians, not for parents, right? It is mostly written for clinicians. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, that was the target audience was for other therapists who are either child therapists or IFS therapists to sort of broaden their practice and bring IFS Uh in and to use these very concrete clinical vignettes and to do some theory. You know, the first two chapters are, you know, I think it's important to put it in a historical perspective and also to to really just explain the model as well as I could in the most simple language that I could come up with. It's accessible to parents also. That's what you are saying. I think so. You know, I, I, you know, it was marketed as, you know, a book for therapists, but I have found that, you know, that people get a lot out of it who are adult IFS clients and parents, I think is a, you know, I don't, I don't quite know how, you know, Rutledge publishes it and how they market it or whatever, but I think there is a place for it with those other two groups of people that I think, because it's, I really wanted it to not be like so jargony and so intellectual. I really wanted it to be just very readable and usable. That was a really big goal of mine. I wasn't looking to write some sort of academic <laughs> treatise or something. I just wanted, I was doing it. I was seeing this stuff. I was excited and I just wanted to share it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And you did it so well. 
And it's so valuable. It was a great, it was a, it was, um, it was a really great experience. It really was. It deepened for sure. It deepened my own clinical work, writing the book, deepened my work clinically. I would expect a wonderful, another wonderful book from you, just for parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> um, you know, never say never, right? Never say never. <laughs> never say never. Um, you know, I do like to write. Because you know them so well, you know, you know, you know so well. I did write, I did write another book, but a long time ago. I wrote a book on the first yes, year of parenting mm -hmm. with my partner, Jean. And so I do have a writer part for sure. Yeah. Um And, you know, I, I can't, I can't say I won't write another book. I don't know, but there isn't one percolating in my brain right now. But in the meantime, it, it's a good one. It's a good one for parents too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. I think it's really good for parents. I'll often say, you know, take this home, look this over. This will help you understand what we're doing in the room and it demystifies it. Um, You know, because again, as I said, to bring a child into therapy is a is an act of bravery, and um, I think it's really helpful when parents sort of feel like they get what's going on in there, and they're welcome to come in and do it and watch mm -hmm. as well. I really applaud the use of the the case vignettes, the clinical examples. I feel like that really helps people mm -hmm. uh, relate to what's going on inside for them. You know, it, it just gives this sort of structure yeah. and being able to see what yeah. other people um, have experienced and how the other people's internal systems work. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I really was inspired by Jay Early's book because I felt like it was so usable. Mm -hmm. And um, that's that was kind of I wanted something that, mm -hmm. you know, that whether you were going to use it as a therapist or you could use it to understand your own parts, it was going to be or your kids parts that it was would be easy to do that. And I think, I mean, and kids again, like they're so funny and they're so amazing that you just can't help but be charmed by the whole, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, mm -hmm. you know, they're just hilarious. They can be, can be <laughs> so, so. They can, they can be. They can be so, yeah. You know, yeah. Lisa, we are enjoying so much our conversation, but we are running out of time and we are taking you so much time, but it's a pleasure to be here with you. Regarding the future, uh, Mm -hmm. um, Lisa, you have achieved so much. I'm also asking for a book on parenthood for you. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm noting that. Not it. <laughs> I've noted that. And the little part in the back that says, no, you're not done. You need another project. We'll probably be very excited about that. A, grand, a granddaughter? Yeah. Grandson. Grandson. A grandson. Yeah. He's my next project. Wonderful. <laughs> of fun. He's a meditation project. That's what I feel like. Just watching him is... Lucky you. So, lucky. I feel so lucky. Yeah. yeah. So lucky. What a feeling. But I, I certainly will think about that. Yeah. Regarding the future, besides being a grandmother, enjoying your grandson, what are you planning, given all that you have already done in your journey, your wonderful journey? I guess... What the other thing that I, I've been practicing yoga for yes, over you are 20 a yoga years. Practitioner, yes. And um, I guess if I could do anything I wanted, um, I would get certified as a yoga teacher. And I, I think I do it, you know, for friends or whatever, but I really would love to develop, I mean, life force yoga 
um, I don't know if you know about life force yoga. It's a wonderful practice. And they, you know, I actually learned about life force yoga at the mm-hmm. IFS conference. So they really do work in blending IFS and parts work. And I, so I really, I really love that. And I would, I would like to just get the cert. I mean, I've been a yogi for so long, but you still need to get the certification. So I would love to also work with people in, in their bodies too. Um, I think that would be something I would be really interested in Beautiful. doing. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 IFS on the mat is wonderful. On the mat. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's like another future fantasy. So Lisa, thank you so much for oh, having Thank you so much for, for setting this up. And it's, it's, it's fun to talk about it. It's, it really, it's such great work and I feel so grateful for it that it's, it's nice to share it. You, we can see the love you feel yeah, for, for your work. I really appreciate for the it. Yeah, it was a joy to be here with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today. My pleasure. I have to say that we hope that we can keep meeting and sharing this model, Love to. our works and our lives. Mm, beautiful. Absolutely. Me too. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thank you, Lisa. Make me sound really <laughs> smart, Annabelle, okay? Not going to be a problem. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, you guys. Look forward to keeping in touch. This was an IFS Talks episode, an audio series to deepen connections with the internal family systems model through conversations with lead trainers, authors, practitioners, and users.